This is the Hiram Brief. Agile, Kanban and Scrum are buzzwords that got fame in the engineering and project management fields over the past decade. We had the chance to sit down with Hector Reyes, an expert Scrum master and senior project manager who has implemented these practices across diverse tech teams, from healthcare, finance, retail and now the cloud. He really is a master in project management that has experience driving teams towards objectives for large companies for more than seven years. Once again, Jesus Lopez, CMO and co-founder at Coderslink, led this interview with Hector Reyes. Let's listen. Awesome. So welcome, everybody. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, engineering teams management. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Hector Reyes, who is, you know, is going to be with us to talk about his experience as a project manager, as a scrum master. He's, uh, he's had a lot of experience with diverse companies. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm really looking forward to having those. And I was talking to Hector before. I, I'm really looking forward to having those, you know, discussions about how to get started, how to do things, because I know he's had a lot of experience and this is an area that I'm interested in, in a lot. Uh, but yeah, so welcome, Hector. Uh, you know, how are you? How, can you tell us a little bit about you and, and your role, your experience as a manager? No, thank you for having me first. Uh, yeah, so currently rep agile program manager, which sounds a little uh, funny sometimes, right? Slash agile coach slash scrum master, uh, a lot of different things. Um, yeah, so I've been playing a similar role right in different companies, different industries, different setup up for how's this close around six, seven years. Um, half or probably a little more than half of that was on the whole, you know, normal traditional consultancy, working with different clients, dive in, dive out, uh, parachuting. Um, and then I transitioned to what we normally refer as an FTE, or now you are with the company. So the company's objectives are automatically your objectives. That's the setup that I'm currently in, which is a little different from, <laughs> from consultant uh, land. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, I've got the opportunity to work with different teams, not just in locations, but in different industries. Uh, uh, healthcare, which is always interesting, uh, finance, telco, uh, retail, and uh, and cloud as well, which is the current company that I'm in. That's awesome. So we've had a lot of experience, yeah. and, and I didn't know that that you were in, in all these different industries. And and it, it, it brings a question to my mind: Have you seen that there are industries that are more prone to this type of management, or other industries that aren't, or are there, an, or is there an, an industry that's more difficult for this than others? I think it. Uh, well, yeah, anything has to do with uh, leadership. You know, the the style of leadership. Uh, it's it's pretty easy for you to tell when something is like what we like to say, like old school management, uh, and everyone's like you know business casual and uh, and everything's like super formal, right? Uh, whereas you can go to another company that's probably a newer company, younger, uh, that has a different vibe that's open to more, you know, uh, open to explore different things. Usually, those companies are the ones that are, um, I'd say, a little easier to work with at least with new ideas changes in process which after all that's what an agile person focuses on right which is like drive that change how do you drive it how do you convince people that's working um with uh industries like finance like healthcare it's 
pretty complicated. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it is like it, an industry that uh, works in the, this is what we've been doing and this is how we're going to continue to do it. So don't touch my process in a way, right? So, um, uh, so yeah, that's, it, it's, it's a little trickier than with, uh, than with others. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like, this is the way things are done. Don't, don't yeah. mess with, don't mess with it. <laughs> cool. Pretty and, much. and another thing that, that bumped into my mind, you were mentioning sort of like the consulting work and then sort of like the, the, the and by FT, you mean full-time sort of, uh, so you mentioned that you've done both as, uh, as an agile PM. So what's the difference in the mindset there? Is it more of, uh, of the way that you treat let's say the teams, or is it more of the way you feel or what's the difference in, in sort of like the, the BM management there? Yep. Uh, so I'll, from my experience, right. And I know there are different, obviously different levels, right. When you join a company, uh, when you join a consulting firm and then you go work for a client, right. Like there is this example of you go and have a six month, probably two year contract, right. And that's it. You've got your objectives, objectives somewhat defined right um so when you when you're in that setup uh i'm not saying that there's no ownership i'm just saying that it's a little more difficult for you as a you know you are driving change right you're driving cultural behavior because agile after all it's a mindset not just a series of sequential steps that somebody has to follow so um it's pretty complicated for you to make uh, adjustments to what somebody else right has already committed on your behalf and that's where the tricky part when being a consultant comes into play that you're like um i cannot really do things that are beyond my scope beyond what my uh, uh contract is saying right because then i'm just gonna get in trouble and then there's this whole you know uh, the client dealing with the sales rep that probably put you there in that position so that's what makes it uh, complicated. That doesn't mean that you are going to be mediocre and just lay around and be like, um, I'm just going to do what you're asking me to do, which a lot of people do, right? And sometimes that's what the client wants. If that's what the client wants, you're paying for it. It's your money, right? But some other times you uh, want to have that freedom to uh, to really educate everybody and train everybody and be like, okay, so we're all this together, even if I'm a consultant. So let's just try to be efficient, right? It doesn't matter if we call it Scrum, Kanban, Waterfall, whatever. Um, uh, but that's that's a relationship that's complicated to, it's a little more complicated to develop, right? Whereas in, if you're an FTE, you're a full-time employee, it's you've got your fixed income, right? Like that's it, right? And you're in here with us. And that means that everybody's going to wear different hats and we all have to, if we have to, we have to just improvise, right? We just got to get the job done and be efficient, right? But then that automatically puts you in a different spot, right? Like, okay, if you're asking me, you're giving me a green light to explore and do whatever I want, uh, I'm going to do it, right? Uh, so there's no, I guess, probably legal limitation that you're not doing things outside of your contract. So that's 
that's why it's a little uh, easier or more flexible, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's more of a constraint. You're constrained, you're shackled yeah. uh, versus being sort of like, okay, uh, I can have a little more of a wiggle room. I can be freer in yeah. a sense. I, I can, I can try to find better solutions. So right. yeah, I definitely, I definitely get the picture and I, and I can definitely see that happening a lot in consulting. <laughs> I haven't personally been in consulting, but I can see that. Yeah. Uh, we'll do cool. so, yeah, I can, I can imagine but well, and a lot of long hours too, from what I got. Um, cool. So m- moving forward, have you know how big of a team do you currently manage? The team I'm working with right now it's close to I'll say fifteen. Uh, fifteen. That's like a, the core part of the team, and five other uh, those that are more on the product side, almost like our immediate stakeholders, not necessarily. Uh, users, right? But uh, that's the team that I'm currently working with. Cool. Is that the biggest team you've managed ever? So far, yeah. I saw that question before. I I think it is. I think it is. So I've had setups in which I I'm, I'm placed in more of an agile coach role, and I'm supporting like other four or five scrum teams, each one being around eight nine people. Um, that well, if we consider that a whole team, right? Like if people that I'm working with. Well, yeah, that could be the the biggest one, right? But uh, in that scenario, I was more of a internal consultant, right? Not necessarily belonging to a specific team. So, um, so I guess those two is where I've had the most, uh, uh, you know, group of people working with me at the same time. Got it. And your responsibility with that team was it more of a, of a mentor role? More of a are you completely managing the project? What's what's the degree of responsibility? there that you have you mean the the current team or the previous i, I guess i, I guess the current team the current team would, would be or if you prefer to talk about the other one depending on i so it's 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 a mix of both really with the previous one it was more of a uh so you're the coach right every team's already set up set up with you know traditional just the development team there's a product owner and then there's a dev manager right and that's the setup for every team uh but every team is having different ways of doing things right so I was going to, again, parachute in, analyze the processes of every single team because they're all different. Even if they may have some dependencies, it's a different product. One team could be data, another one could be just UI, another one could be uh, just a, like a different team, right? Um, so my role with those teams was to go in, analyze what are the pain points, why do you want to switch to Agile, or what do you think you want to do Scrum or Kanban, like what's that pain point, and try to develop a roadmap, short-term, mid-term, long-term. Um, what is What does success mean to you? What are the metrics that we're going to be you know, basing our success out of? Um, and then do that with all the teams, right? Some of the... Uh, I guess like some of the objectives could be shared, right? But uh, through time, right, you realize that the same framework or the same mindset cannot necessarily be applied to, to, to similar teams, right? Even if they're sitting next to each other, the people factor always makes it different, right? So that was with the previous team. And with the team that I'm in right now, this team was uh, originally part of those, you know, five teams that I was working with. But I, I'm, I'm part of, officially part of that team now. So now it becomes more of a, uh, yes, an agile coach, but uh, heavier on the traditional program management side. Like 
again, that roadmap, but not necessarily in the process, but on the actual project. Um, how are we going to, you know, measure our rules trend and how do we know we're in time? Um, Trade-ups, negotiations, all those things. So uh, that's what the current uh, teams, I guess it's probably like a hybrid. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so I can see both both things happening, right? So sort of like the more structuring and here's uh, the way that things are done, come to me with questions. And the other side is the project management side where you're driving that, that you know, objective and, and, you know, doing that a little bit of coaching, but also a little bit of pushing so you're able to get to the goal. Uh, so it, 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 I can see also how, how fun it is to sort of like put those two hats on and, and deal with a lot of different scenarios and different, um, you know, everyday situations. Yeah. Cool. And this is one of the questions that I've, I've it's interesting for me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if we've even mentioned this before, but CodaSync is, is 100% remote team. So we've been remote from ever since we started. So I'm always interested in talking to other folks and getting their take on remote. But, but first, before we move into that, have you ever worked remotely with a team? Officially, no. Like this is a virtual position, right? And everyone's going to be remote. Not like that. Um, I've worked with teams that are, let's say, I'm the Scrum Master, right? And the whole team's in India, right? Uh, and I'm the one having an interaction probably just with the product owner or with management uh, here in the US. But my team, it's somewhere else, right? I think that qualifies. So, <laughs> what? I think that qualifies. I think that qualifies. Yeah, probably, right? But um, so that's one. I guess the closest that I've been uh, with, with regards to like all virtual was with the pandemic, right? Lockdown, uh, the company that I'm in, uh, it has the flexibility to, you know, work remote, but the culture, it's like everyone's going to go to the office, right? There are big offices. Everyone just go there. Um, uh, but when lockdown happened, it was just no other choice. Um, so I guess that transition was like the longest of being a full virtual setup. Like you don't see anybody, it's just virtual and you've got to improvise. And that's been, I guess, what was March, maybe late March yeah. lockdown. Um, uh, that's been like the, the longest of being in a full, full, uh, uh, virtual scenario. And it's fun. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> five months, five months of remote. Yeah. It's challenging. And, and, and you know, the great there's there's a lot of different names and, and I'm always having fun with those names uh, that they've that they sort of like coined with the whole pandemic and and my personal favorite is the great lockdown and but yeah I mean with the great lockdown everyone just got pushed to remote so I, I can see that happening and you know specifically in your case did you find that it was harder to work or or, or did you have a mentality shift or how did that impact directly you or and your everyday activities. I think for like me personally, right? Like Hector, for me, it was not it was not that difficult because I was already coming from a company uh, before joining my uh, current company. The, the company that I was working with, it was super flexible in that topic. Like everyone was so used to communicating via Slack or uh, you know direct pings or anything. So like it, it, like the there was not a constraint around. I've got to see the person to get. The job done, right? If we wanted to work remote, we could just do that, and work was not going to get impacted or anything. Efficiency was not going to go down. Uh, but only so, so for me, that was normal, right? Um, so fast forward, right? I, I quit the job. I joined my current uh, employee employer, 
and things are a little different. So there, there's a uh, there's a different dynamic in the sense that people do rely a lot on face to face conversations, having you know those meetings that even if it's just a 15 minutes or a minute, they'll just have a decision right there. And to me, that was a little complicated sometimes. And like just a quick ping, right? Just a quick. I, I know that a lot of people are like, just don't ping me, right? But um, I'm like. The, the questions that we've got are not worthy of a meeting, right? So that's like, an, so you get the point, right? So when we uh, got into full lockdown, I knew what I had to do, right? Is just go back to how I was working my other company. The problem was with the team that I was working with, right? They were so used to uh, sitting next to each other, having that face-to-face conversation, um, having lunch together, and happy hours and whatnot. That's where it hit us. Uh, not pretty bad, right? But but it was a what do we what do we do, right? We've got to make sure that those face to face conversations, that that collaboration has to continue to happen. It just has to happen somewhere else, uh, and that's where you know, hey, let's try to let's try to start making decisions via Slack or or via email, right? The things that would normally happen on a, a hallway conversation. Let's try to make sure that those are there. But ultimately, if you say that, no one's going to do it, right? You have to do it. You have to make sure that people see it as the, like what we say every day, like the new normal, right? Like it's okay to have uh, tough conversations via time or just a quick call, right? Um, the formality around having a meeting has to, be seen in a different way, right? There's nothing wrong with just, hey, you put a call, five minutes, let's jump on a quick call, right? Um, that mentality, and that's what's been working for uh, uh, for us, right? Um, so that's obviously something that it's under our control. What's not under our control is how the lockdown impacts, you know, uh, emotionally you, right, and your team. And you have to be super aware of, uh, of, of that, right? Like uh, all of a sudden, you're like sitting in your living room. There are a lot of a lot of us that live in uh, apartments, right? Because it's very common for us to live in apartments. Um, and it's like, right? So just every single day, just for eight hours, nine hours, or whatever, right? Sitting behind your computer, and uh, you have to be even more aware, right? Of the situation the other may be facing, right? And you have to be sensitive around, does that person have a family? Does that person have, a, you know, is, is, is he or she married or whatnot? Like what's the situation for you to know how hard can you push in terms of driving that change, right? Because it's this past couple of months for everyone's like change, it doesn't change, it doesn't change. And then crisis and then more crisis, you're like, and then on top of that, if you're like, hey, let's hop on a call every single, you know, minute. Um, uh, it, it, it's just it can get out of hand pretty pretty easily yeah yeah i can see that happening and sort of like it starts to become a, a nuisance and then start getting annoyed and yeah. then you know productivity falters and then it, it, it's a sort of like a snowball effect and, and um, sort of like a negative cycle so yeah i can see that happening and and but it's interesting to hear the sort of like the adaptation process and and and, and i agree with a lot of that what you said that it's about you know being okay with with that shift in, in in mentality and saying okay yeah we can take decisions via you know chat we can uh, you know have an email instead of a meeting we can uh, you know have a quick call 
that's not scheduled because that's another thing that that also sort of like yeah. drives people crazy. Um, so I, I I I'm completely in agreement with with you and and for us particularly I can talk about my experience that that's been sort of like a, a trial and error for us. Uh, we used to be super lenient with calendar and then we went super strict and sort of like neither worked and now we're sort of like in the middle so you just sort of like schedule your 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 daily even weekly activities uh you know leave deep work uh schedules calendar in events and you know any other time people are free to ping you and talk to you and if you don't and if you don't update your status in your chat for example use slack then you're you're also open i mean that means you're you're not you know, doing busy work or anything. So it, we've learned all those things, and those might be simple. And and from from if you're an outsider hearing, you're like, oh, well, that's of course it's 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 common sense. But yeah, it, it wasn't. <laughs> so you know, at the beginning, you don't think about it. You think it'll be simple, and everyone will get it. But you have to be very very uh, what's the word? You know, proactive and very mindful mm-hmm. of doing it. Right, purposeful. So yeah, right. It's been interesting. So I want to jump, and I think we can talk about remote work forever. But I'll 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 I'll, I'll leave that, you know, <laughs> on the side for a second. And I want to jump into general management because that's another things. That's one of the other topics that I'm, I'm very passionate about. I think that there's just a lot of ways that you can do management, a lot of ways that you can interpret it, a lot of things that you can apply it. So, and I'm always finding ways of improving uh, that and finding. You know, small nuggets of information, gold nuggets—I like to call them—for uh, me to implement on my my side. And and the first question that I love asking is, in your eyes, what's the role of a manager? Yeah, uh, probably because my background, right? Uh, to me, a, a manager—it's a—it's—it's it's there to guide you, right? It's supposed to act as a leader, not necessarily as your boss that from an HR perspective, that's the person that you have to escalate things to, right? Um, to me, a manager has to be the one that uh, provides leadership that is aware of teams, uh, not necessarily capacity, but predictability that knows what the team is capable of doing and is able to uh, to make the team aware of where are we going? What's the value that we bring to whatever business we're in? And what is that roadmap, right? That uh, that is not necessarily just, oh, the senior people are the ones that are driving the entire team, right? So to me, the manager is the one that brings transparency to the entire team as in, this is what we're here for, and this is what we're going to be doing, and this are our areas of improvement. And, um, and and more importantly, it's a person that listens to the, uh, to the team, right? Because sometimes there's, depending on who you talk to, right, like there's a um, functional manager, there's the people manager, and then there's some other leadership uh, um, uh, styles that are more of a, I'm going to tell you how to do things, right? Because the manager is now out of the sudden the person that probably had, I don't know, maybe six or seven years in the team and is a, he knows everything. He knows the ins and outs of the code and has been around for a long time. Uh, I, I just don't agree with that, right? Like the manager is supposed to make him, entire team grow, be more efficient, right? And if you hire somebody uh, and then you're just telling them, hey, this is how you're going to do things, right? Then what's the purpose, right? Like this, so to me, that's like the uh, figure of a, uh, of a manager, right? It leads by example, 
incredibly um, and makes sure that nobody's falling behind, right? And if somebody's falling behind, uh, uh, how as a team, not just a manager, right? But I would be driven by the manager, but as a team, how do we make sure that everyone uh, succeeds, not just individuals? So that's my experience because when you're working in Agile, you have to do a lot of those things and uh, you have to lead or manage with zero authority, right? Because nobody reports to you, right? And then that's what makes it complicated because you're like, you're in this tough situation because you're driving a lot of change. You're telling people how to be more efficient, suggesting how to be more efficient. And everybody can just be like, who are you? Like, I don't even report to you. Like, not even my manager reports to you. Like, oh, why should we listen to you if you're driving this much change, right? So uh, I've been there, done that. Uh, it's, it's worked okay for me. Um, so I found that that's what I can see successful managers have as quality right that leadership versus just i'm just gonna manage things yeah and i in, now that you were saying that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you must have amazing people skills as well because you have to deal with all <laughs> these different people at the same time and say hey do do this it's yeah yeah well it, you you just have to right you, you have to i i know there are a lot of people that disagree with that Right. And I, I, I respect it. Like everyone uh, talked about success, depending on how they did it. And this is how I did it. And it has been working for me. I don't know, maybe in a couple of years, I'm just going to come back to you and be like, hey, this is like, hey, guess what? This is not working. That people's skills. Yeah, it's not my thing anymore. But so far, it, it has worked because to me, it also has to do a lot of, you know, attitude. Not just everything is about attitude. Right. You can have tons of attitude, be super positive. But if you just don't know how to get your job done, people are just going to fire you. You're, you're not productive, right? We're not, we are not hard to be nice to each other, right? So, um, but you always have to consider that you're working with people, right? Not with machines. So when you work with people, it doesn't matter the role they have. There are people, they have different personalities, different people like to hear things in a certain way. People listen when you do certain things. Uh, there are some engineers that when you lead by example, they're like, well, this person's awesome, right? For others, they like they like it more when you are closer to them and you earn trust with them versus just being more like, uh, you know, let's have a technical to technical conversation, right? So um, for you to be able to, as you were saying, right, like put different hats and flip that internal switch when you have to, uh, again, switch conversations from, in uh, different meetings and with different people. That is something that I guess you, I guess you could probably be trained on. Uh, I've never found places where you can actually have a training to do that. But um, if you happen to have that, I think that's super uh, useful, right? Because then you have that earned trust piece with whoever, whoever you're working with. And, and, and that is tough to, that's tough to get. And virtually it's, a lot more complicated than doing uh, on a face-to-face. But yeah, to me, that has worked. Yeah, I see. And strangely, the word manager has nothing to do with manage. I mean, you don't really manage a lot, but I, I guess not 100% of manager. I think it's more of a half 50-50, sort of like more of a... And I always go back to this one quote I, 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 heard, I read from the Harvard Business Review, and it's the role of manager is to turn... Uh, your teams or individual people's talents into performance. 
And I've always stuck with that because it, it really resonates with me. And, and it talks about the human side, even though it doesn't mention it, because it, it's understanding someone from what they're doing, from who they are, from what their needs, what their wants, what their emotions are. And then saying, okay, let's align that with what we want to accomplish. And then I think both sides move towards yeah. that. And, and and I think that's one of the, the, the things that I that I I love of, of, and how I personally approach management because I, I feel that it's more about understanding a lot about leading as well, but understanding it and sort of like seeing, okay, we can do this and that, and, and this is how you can do it. And I think that's how you can do it. That's where the leading uh, comes in because if, if you can show a better way and you can show that it is possible and it does work, because I think that's one of the things I've seen as well. Hey, let's do it this way. Ah, but I don't think that'll work. Okay. Let, let's try it. And let me show you how it does work. And once you do that, they're like, okay, you got my trust. Let's continue to move forward. So right. I think that's 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 one of the things I've seen it. And and have you seen from from your from your experience that you know folks are very resistant to change? I mean, I think the, the obvious question is yes, but but how do you approach it? Do you like talk to individual stakeholders or team leaders and then say, hey, this is what I think we should do and sort of like list examples or previous experience or what's your convincing process, if you will? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's almost like an art rather than science, right? Like uh, to me, when somebody comes and uh, if we're talking about management or the agile, right? Like let's just try to set the scenario in which somebody, somebody's coming to you with a problem, right? Uh, so that's already an indicator of something's wrong. And the reason why they're reaching out to you is because they're hoping that you're going to fix that, right? Um, uh, that obviously may have some conflicts with who's that person that's putting you in that spot. And usually, right, if it's um, director level or senior management that's just taking you and placing you there, like, I know that my team has X, Y, Z problems, go there and fix them. Uh, that's pretty tough, right? because you've got these layers of management, uh, but you probably just work 5% with the top layers, right? 95% of the time, you're going to be working with people who, quote unquote, actually do the job, right? Engineers, uh, 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 manager, or like probably mid-level uh, uh, managers. So when you, uh, at least what I try to do is, I, to me, it's super important to be able to listen, right? And to me, it doesn't matter how much of an expert somebody may consider you to be in what area, in my case, if it's a, a agile or scrum or whatever, right? Um, you always have to listen because you have zero context on what that team has gone through and what took them to where they are right now. There's probably that maybe they had a different agile coach. They tried it for uh, a couple of times. It just didn't work out. Um, and you've got to first understand the background. Because that gives you a lot of, you know, it already sets the mood for how things are going to are, are going to happen. And uh, talking to key people, right? It's also uh, um, important. Not just again for me, not just managers. There are uh, engineers, right? If we consider engineers are the ones that, that are truly forming the team, they have more weight than what they think they have in terms of. Uh, you know, in, in, in terms of the leverage that they can pull to uh, to really guide the team, even if they're not managers, right? Uh, there are engineers, there are always engineers that lead the entire team without them knowing. So finding those 
those key individuals, first listening to them, understand what are you trying to solve, right? Like if, if you could change two things, what would you change? And, 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 and why would you change it, right? Like why do you want to, uh, and it's some of the things that uh, you and I were talking about uh, I think two weeks ago, why would you change to Scrum? Like, why would you change to Kanban? Is it because management is asking you to do that? Is it because your the team that's in the other room is also doing it? Like, what's the driving force? Um, so once you once you do that, to me, it's uh, laying out the not the rules, right, but the rules and responsibilities, and making sure that you come up with a roadmap that it's digestible. Right? Let's just put in in a scenario a an agile transformation, right? And let's assume that the team is uh, it, it has an okay setup to go to Scrum, right? Because not everyone should be doing Scrum, uh, and even though everybody considers it to be a silver bullet, it's far just from the truth. But um, uh, if you if you lay down the rules, right? Like this is these are going to be our objectives, and and this is how we're going to measure success. Um, then for everyone is a lot more of okay, this is this is digestible, right? And this is something that we can actually take versus this is how we're going to do it. And this is going to be a transformation. And here you go with a bunch of meetings and here you go with a bunch of documents on how we're going to be doing things that to me, that that's maybe you're right as an agile coach or agile program manager. Maybe that's the way to go, but it's all about the perception, right? The team is going to feel as in, well, that's a lot. You're bombarding me with a bunch of crap that I'm not even aware of. Um, and it doesn't matter how much training you give me. Yes, I'm going to understand it, but there's a there's a huge difference between understanding and actually doing it and understanding why we're doing it the way we're doing it so that then we can transform it. So um, so I, I think it's a fundamental, the, the, the listening part, right? And I always come back to that because when when you show, when you're able to prove that you are listening, and that you are taking everybody's consideration when you're trying to implement something, that they immediately switch to, oh, this person is really on our side. That means that it's, yes, he's gonna be leading, but that means that we are all driving change. It's not just him, um, you know, being like, do this and do that, and this is how we're gonna be doing it. Um, and, and it's more of a, hey, this is not working. I suggest we should be doing this. What do we think? Do we wanna give it a try? Yeah, let's give it a try. So it becomes more of a teamwork, right? So, um, to, to, so to me, that 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 has proven success, right? Even if nobody wants to do it, like I've I've been in meetings where my first interaction with managers, right? It's like, tell me, why are you here? Like, why should you be working with my team? And you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah, like kind of so, so, and then you, the, yeah. So tell me, what does master should be doing? Because I have no idea. Like, if if you ask me, why shouldn't I have a TPM? Right? I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, and uh, well, obviously, right? So, um, so you you have to be really good at reading in between lines, right? Which that translates to how are we going to make sure that this is efficient, right? And if people like numbers, all right, you've got to understand it for this person. You've got to give them numbers. What numbers are we going to give to this person, right? If this person likes collaboration and team dynamics and stuff, right? Let's 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 try to uh, let's try to give a little bit of, of uh, a lot of things to everyone, right? And make sure that everyone's covered. Um, it's pretty complicated to do that, but um, but that that's what's worked 
for me. I wouldn't say it's, again, like a silver bullet approach. There's the human factor that you always have to be careful uh, on, you know, what you say, how much you want to change, uh, how fast you want to change. Because after all, you're messing up with, with the team or you're messing up with somebody else's team. So, um, so uh, the, the dynamics there play a key, a key role. Yeah, and, and you were mentioning uh, the, you know, going and, and listening and also, you know, giving them a voice in, in the decision-making process, uh, you know, it gets them excited, it gets them on board. And, and one thing that I, I, I've always thought, it gives them ownership and accountability as well, because now they're saying, I participated in, in making this uh, this plan, this, you know, or this idea or, or this project. And now I have to carry it on, you know, it's part of the, I guess, of our internal wiring that we say, I, I did it. So now I have to, you know, take advantage, you know, take responsibility yeah. for it. So I think it's also part of, uh, of how, how that, you know, embeds in, in, in a team's mind and it gives them that. And, and, and I like, I like the way you put it about listening, being key. And, and you taught, you, you also touched a lot on, on agile project management and, you know, Kanban and you also threw in, you know, they're like scrum. I think that's a nice segue into our, 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 like our next segment and, you know, talking a little bit more about your, your bread and butter and that's, you know, agile project management. And this is sort of like a buzzword from the past 10 years, I would say, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's less, but it's been here for a while and everyone's sort of like, yeah, the Agile Manifesto and everyone sort of like sees this as, as the holy grail that tech invented for efficiency, for productivity, for tech teams, for making, you know, great products that the big, you know, giants of the world use, like the Googles of the world, they're like, yeah these guys did this so now i should but from from our previous previous um, conversations not everyone really knows how to employ it and even if it's yeah. for them so so let's start small you know you're you're the expert you know what's the one thing that people normally get wrong or misunderstand about about agile i think normal you know normal scenarios they think that agile is going to make them go faster deliver faster, right? And that when you are using Agile as a methodology and whatever framework you have under that, um, that somebody who is the face of the business is empowered to change things like crazy, like to change the roadmap like crazy, like switch priorities like crazy. A lot of people think that Agile was built or was created, right? Uh, to be just flexible that that's the main thing. Like we have to be flexible, right? And in my opinion, there's a lot of people I'm just going to put out there. There's a lot of people that disagree with that. And there's a lot of people that are just like textbook bachelor. And this is what works. And this is what, what doesn't. Um, I, this is just personal experience. And, and, and to me, like going by textbook, it's assuming that every team is the same. Like they're working with the same people that were over again, same product that the, that the business is not going to evolve. And we live in, as you were saying, Agile has been around for a long time, more than 20 years, right? But um, but if you look at the past 10 years, like businesses evolve and change like crazy, like crazy, right? So what what's trendy right now in six months? Like, yeah, what's new, right? So, and, and 
and so what and that's exactly what people tend to get wrong right like oh agile right flexible that means that yeah let's do this for this particular sprint right next sprint forget about what you were doing let's do this other thing and then in six months like whoa we actually didn't do anything so what's wrong the framework's not working it's probably the reason why so um i i would say there are a lot more reasons that there are almost a lot more not reasons but things that people tend to misunderstand uh about doing or being agile um but i would say those two are the most uh common right Richard, one, one, one of the things that, that, that kept bumping into my mind is I think the definition is also very, you know, yeah. un, it's just not defined for everyone in their minds. I think everyone has a different definition. So yeah. how would you, with your experience, with how you've managed, you know, your teams uh, in the past, how would you define it? Define agile? Yeah. I would, uh, and this is something that we... Uh, as a team, right? We went to a conference, I think it was about a year ago, maybe a little more. Um, to me, agile is more of a mindset. It's a way of doing things, not necessarily a framework, right? Anybody can come up with a framework depending on what your situation is, right? If it's Scrum, what is that deviation of Scrum? Nobody uses Scrum the way the textbook says because that's not, it's just not real life, right? Um, but framework, like that's, uh, I, I don't think you can club Agile into, oh, it's just Agile is a Scrum, right? Or Agile is Kanban, or Agile is about going fast. Like to me, Agile is about being efficient. That's it. If I need to summarize what's Agile, Agile is about uh, just being efficient. The point is not, and this and, and this was a little quote, right? The point is not to be Agile, the point is to be efficient, right? And if you are, as a team, as a company, as an org, if you are just switching gears, Right to do Scrum just because you want to do it, and there's no reason, um, it's not going to work. 90% chance it's not going to work, right? Um, but if you approach it with a different lens and saying, hey, I've got a problem. I know there's a problem. I have ideas on what the problem is, but I have no idea how to solve it. And there's you know collaboration issues. I have no idea how to measure performance. I have no idea how to... Um, I don't know what my team is capable of doing because everyone is just scrambling around, working long hours, working over the weekend. Um, there's an efficiency problem, right? And that doesn't mean that Agile is the holy grail and the source of truth where, hey, I'm just, you know, like a uh, like an angel from uh, being like, how am I going to solve all your problems? And never, that never happens, right? And it's, and it's painful. It's pretty easy to understand super complicated to really um, implement. So I would say Agile is all about being efficient and it doesn't really matter. I guess it does matter a little bit, right? But um, the core thing is not how the different concepts and ceremonies and artifacts you uh, you work with. It's how do you leverage those to be efficient? And it doesn't matter if somebody comes and tells you, but that's not Scrum, but that's not Kanban and uh, throwing hate out of you because um, it doesn't happen, right? Um, it's all about, hey, you do whatever you want. This works for us. Right? So, and if you're efficient, good. That's success, right? Because it's all about being efficient, right? So, yeah. I like that. I, I like that being more about the mindset <laughs> and, and less about sort of like, these are the rules. These are you should do it. And there's yeah. no flexibility. And, and yeah, personally, I, I, I agree with that. I think most of the things that, that, that happen in business are, are like, so they, they're a, a, 
a, a place where you can move and and start. It's a it's a starting starting spot, right? So a starting point that that helps you, you know, see and try. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you take yeah. one thing out. Maybe you add another one. Maybe you switch things. But it's that 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 idea, the mentality, the way of doing things. And I like I like the way you put it. So um, I agree. And, and you know, talking to 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 other folks, everyone has their their version <laughs> of you know agile it's of a, scrum. Yeah. It's a thing too, right? So, um, but yep. sort of like everyone believes that their way is the best. But yeah, I think yep. it's we 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 all believe we're doing the best in everything we are. So I I can't blame it. But well, um, <laughs> you know, as an as an agile PM, what's your number one goal? So, you know, to put it in context with your current team, what's your number one goal? The first thing, your north star. Uh, as much as you gave me a heads up that you were going to ask me this, I just couldn't figure out a way to a way to answer it. Um, full transparency, yeah, I didn't know that he was going to ask me. This, but I, I would, I would say that to me, the number one goal is that everybody, right? And when I say everybody, is that like the, the team, like the group of people that you work with, not just engineers and not just the immediate manager, but as a, as a, as a, as a, as a team, right? That everybody is aware of what our mission is and how do we operate to get to that goal, right? What our goals are and how do we, how are we going to get to like, what are those sets of, uh, you know, uh, processes? What are those sets of rules? Who, who, who's supposed to play which role? And, uh, how do I as a person or how do I as an engineer, what, what is my role? Like, like, how do I bring value to, to the framework, to the process, right? Whatever you want to name it. So to me, that's the number one goal that you are able to go to any person in the team and ask, what is your role in the agile setup that you have? And they're able to clearly tell you, this is what I do. And this is what my part is. And this is how I bring value. Uh, to, to me, that's the number one goal, right? Because that means that every other piece, right? And by piece, I mean, um, could be meetings, right? like backlog refinement or uh, uh, plannings or stuff and uh, backlog health and other metrics. When you place them, right, in different, uh, with different contexts and, and at different times, um, it's just going to fall naturally, right? Because everybody already knows, like, it's like, okay, so we're going to have this um, switch to how we manage our backlog, right? Everybody already knows, okay, so this is what I'm supposed to do now. And it's not like, hey, whoa, you're introducing a whole new thing. Uh, and we have to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do? Who's going to, who's supposed to create stories and who's supposed to do this or what? Um, so I would say to me, that's the number one goal. I could talk about a lot of other number one goals, but right now, I would say to me, that's the most important. I mean, it doesn't make that much sense, but to me, that's really important. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like it's clear in your mind. I've had those things when you're like, I you sort of like don't know how to transmit that. But I, I, I do get you. And it's sort of like, because having that, like you said, everything else falls into place. And and that produces results. And that produces sort of like that leads to the, the other part of that, you know, I guess everyone's looking for that efficiency, that performance, that hitting your goals, that, you know, getting your releases out, efficiently, whatever. So um, I definitely get it. And and I think this segues really good into my my, my next question, was, was, with which is, you know, getting started, what are the initial steps? You know, what's the first steps a mother manager should take? And, and let me put a scenario here. 
let's say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm recently joining a team or I'm, I'm building a team, even better, building a team. I'm not very well familiarized with project management or Azure project management, but I'm interested in getting into it. You know, uh, let's say I already learned a little bit, but what are my first steps that I should take to implement this whole, you know, framework mentality? So uh, in, in, in no particular order, right? So I would say that it's super important that you know who are your customers, right? Who are your users? If, if, if your users are uh, maybe the team that's sitting next to you, if you're talking about a sales team that sits somewhere else, um, maybe your user for certain teams, right? It's the actual consumer of your product, right? Um, like having, uh, having a solid understanding on who is your user, and the second, how do you or how does the team prioritize this work? Like that intake funnel, right? Uh, are we getting requirements from all users? How do we get them? Where are, you know, what are different mechanisms in which we can get requests? And get email, somebody pings it on Chime. Maybe somebody's going to pick up the phone and ask you. Maybe there's already, a, I'm not sure, like Jira or Rally or some ticketing system that that's what you leverage to get your request. Uh, uh, so to me, that's important. Uh, and combining that with the business, like the, the person who drives the, what are we going to do, right? Which is product manager, part of our product owner, whatever different name, right? You want to say, uh, what's the criteria for us to say that something that's important to, to, you know, worth of doing, right? Is it based out of revenue? Is it based out of, I don't know, just like a dollar amount? If, if this is coming directly from the uh, CFO, if this is coming from the CEO, if this is a, if our prioritization relies on whoever yells the loudest, because that happens every time. So understanding that, uh, that uh, uh, that's, that's going to help you set up your framework, right? So that's understanding your surroundings, who's the what's, the, the, the when's. Uh, then you would move to, in case of Agile, right? So let's assume that the team is not doing any of that. Um, you obviously want to make sure that you level set everyone. Because as you were saying, right, it's super important, especially in modern times, that when you talk about Agile, when you're like, hey, team, let's do Scrum. Let's just assume that everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. Right? Super positive. Um, if they do that, when you ask everyone, what does Scrum or Agile means to you? everyone's going to give you a different opinion. Everyone's going to tell you something different, right? And you may be talking to people that have done that for five years, for a month, for 10 years uh, in different industries, uh, and they're all going to give you a different uh, opinion. So it's important that you level set everyone to make sure that everyone's on the same page, that everyone, uh, you know, you can do a quick roles and responsibilities workshop, right? Uh, what is our team working agreements? How do we define the like, definition of ready? How are we going to define when work is truly something that we can act on, uh, actionable? And our definition of done, how do we as a team say that something is done? Does it have to be in production? Does it have to be in UAT environment? Does it just have to be done and then somebody else is going to take it and do some QA? Like all those things, when you, when, when you put those, and, and again, up until now, I'm not even talking about you know, making tweaks and what everyone thinks that it's, uh, you know, their own version of Scrum story points hours or whatever, not even going that. It's just going to, um, do we understand what we're going to be doing? If the answer is yes, good. 
that's all you need as a starting point, right? And obviously that you have your roadmap because as much as a, as much as a fancy framework that you have, if you don't have a roadmap, if you don't have work to do or, or nobody understands what are we supposed to be doing, then you're screwed. That's, that's it, right? So having that, hey, we've got this year ahead of us, how are we going to get there, right? So this is, this is, these are the basic set of rules uh, that are going to help us get there. We're going to obviously uh, work iteratively. We're going to improve iteratively, right? So but that's obviously future, right? So if everybody understands what the current state is, that again, uh, that, that mindset that we're talking about, if everyone has the same answer for yes, this is what we're doing, to me, that's, a, that's how you have to get started. Right, even before you bombard everyone with stand up every day and planning every two weeks or three weeks, and um, and this is who, who's going to be creating new resources because that's already like you're skipping everything else, and you're like, okay, let's just go and do it because I'm assuming that everybody knows that job, right? And and they do in their own way. So to me, that's that's the number one. Yeah, laying the groundwork, making yeah. sure that everyone, you know, getting. Understanding the problem, I think I, I would summarize as, as, as this. So understanding who's involved, you know, what the problem is, what the objective uh, and what the roles and responsibilities are, as well as what we are working as a definition of Agile. I think sort of like step one, let's do that. Um, right. So right, right. I think that I think that, that makes perfect sense in, in, in getting, you know, everyone on the same page. I think that's 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 important. And 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 moving one step further, once we have that, what would be the next step? I would say that uh, it's it's probably potentially part of that, probably towards the end, is how are we going to measure that we are on track? How are we going to measure that we are truly being efficient? Right? Um, it, it it probably relates to just metrics, right? Just be transparent. Like, how are we going to measure? Like, what are the numbers that we're going to drive? Our uh, improvements right? and those numbers it's important and this is where obviously an expert comes into place because if you delegate that task to a tpm to a, a normal a manager that's just going to be a people manager it's pretty complicated for them to uh have the context on being neutral to the team right like like really i'm just going to be um objective about where we are so if you define this these are our goals and this is how we're going to measure how are we trending in the short term, in the midterm, and in the long term? Then uh, that you're obviously laying the this is this is how we know we're on track, right? And those metrics can be just as an example, right? If you if you talk about we're just getting started, right? Okay, you're doing uh, normal scrum, right? Oh, we're going to be looking at our burn down, at our you know burn up. We're going to be looking at velocity. Okay, all right, little. By little right, so those are going to be the ones, right? What does velocity mean, right? Okay, that's probably more of a midterm kind of thing. As you gather more data, all right, what? How do we as team read that? And then you start introducing different metrics, right? Depending on your situation, so the same metrics that metrics that you're using uh, when the team is not that mature cannot be the same that you use when the team is more mature, right? Because you want to make sure that you're able to measure different things, right? But you obviously don't start the other way around. Like you're going to be like, how oh, we're going to have this fancy set of metrics that I don't even have the data to support it. I don't, you know, like we're, we're, we're not that mature to be able to generate those. Well, it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, 
So I would summarize it, and, and, and there's a really good metric that, I, that I'd like to use, which is around the committed to completed ratio, which equals to how predictable are we, right? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with velocity, and we can deliver 100 points, or we can deliver, I'm not sure what, 50 hours or whatever metric you're using, right? But if as a manager, and I would think that every manager would love to have an answer to this, right? But if you as a manager, if you can 95% confidence say, this is what my team can do in the next month in terms of effort. And I'm telling you that with 95% um, uh, confidence, it's good, right? Like that's already a, uh, that's, that, that already proves efficiency, right? Yeah. Efficiency should not be measured on. We have to deliver more and more and more and more because that's just not possible and it's not sustainable. Unless you have more people every single week, yeah, maybe, right? But that's not the setup that we lived in, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, to me, it, it's it's around uh, it's around uh, that, right? Like that second step that you're talking about is, as a team, how do we interpret those metrics, right? And that everybody understands what those metrics, where are those being pulled from? What do they mean, and how do they? How are they going to be used to really show improvements and not leverage those metrics against the team? Because that can get easily, easily out of hand, and it can go yeah, bad. Yeah, it's more <laughs> of the positive approach where you're saying like, "These are the things that will help us drive our progress." Not yeah. see if you're doing your job, and and then I, if you're not, then I'm going to fire you. Yeah, I can see where. where yeah, and I think you know completely on. Unrelated, but I'm just going to take a quick, you know, tangent here. But I mean, I, that's one of the things that I've, I've, I think about a lot. And, and P, I, in my experience, and from my, and this is personal feeling, right? I, I have never mm-hmm. been, I've never asked someone directly, even though I should. But you know, a lot of folks are afraid of metrics because they fear that they will show when they're not doing your job. And I mean, from my perspective, I think metrics show you. Yes, of course, part of that showing is, yeah, if you're not doing your job, you're not going to get to that metric because it's a KPI measure. It's, it's binary. It's numbers. Um, so it, it, will, it, it, will, it will tell you you're not doing your, your good job, but it will tell you if you are also doing a good job. And, and that and it's positive. It, in both ways, it's positive. And I think that's, that's the message I want to translate. I, I want to transmit. It's, if, if you're understanding how not to do something, it's as valuable as knowing how to do something because if you get something right, right the first time maybe it was dumb luck but yeah. if, if you get something good after getting it wrong a couple of times then you understand that you were progressively got there so you know understanding that metrics are there to help and not to to something to fear i think it's something that you know it's the initial reaction fear is the initial reaction but i think getting get a bit beyond that and understanding that it's it's more about guiding than it is about measuring uh, that it, it 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 helps, and now you know closing that tangent, coming back, coming back into the fold, uh, you know, and you know going back to the methodology and ways of imp- implementing it, I I really like the approach because it, it sets again. I'm going to repeat this a couple of times because I, I'm really fond of it. Setting the setting the table, setting the framework, setting the the, the you know foundations, and you. In our previous conversations, and, and I think you mentioned earlier in the conversation as well, uh, some companies are not, should not be doing Agile and should not be doing maybe a version of Agile. Are there any qualifiers that you, or uh, maybe a checklist that you say, analyzing a company from, from, you know, from a third party perspective, 
if they do this, 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 and that, then they're not eligible to do Agile. Or is everyone eligible? Can you shed some light into that? Uh, yeah, I think it would be partially yes when you say that everyone is eligible to do that, right? Because if we go by the, it's not necessarily a series of steps, but more of a mindset, mm-hmm. then I think, yeah, like everyone, not just IT, right? Should ideally qualify to implement some of those concepts, right? Again, not, not everything. If you publicly talk about construction and you probably heard of Morgan, right? I've got them next to me. Well, yeah, construction is not something that you're going to be doing in a agile manner. It just doesn't make sense, right? It would be stupid to do that. But if you go to, I'm not sure, like HR processes, right? Finance processes, like people that are working with you on marketing, right? They all have their tasks, their objectives, their projects, right? As much as IT um, people have, right? It's just that traditionally agile is more of a, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an IT kind of thing, right? Over the past couple of years, that's just changed to more um, departments within the company uh, applying the same concepts uh, because let's just face it, it's, it, it, it works, right? Because it, it talks about, uh, again, it talks about being efficient. Now, when you ask around who, who should do it and who shouldn't, um, I, I guess there, there could be some indicators, right? Like one of the things that I tell people is that um, I'm not sure you, you're familiar with the cone of uncertainty, right? Which is around how, how much do you, uh, how, how well can you define the effort in doing something and how well do you understand the project that's coming down the way? Um, for a lot of us, it's impossible to know the ins and outs when the project's being created. And that's why Agile, it's uh, a really good fit for a lot of people, right? Because that Agile is going to give you the flexibility to let's not wait until everything's like 100% certain, let's just start doing something. It's just, again, let's just start doing something, build a prototype, iterate in that prototype. Um, uh, be- because our users, the people who are driving those requirements, they don't know what they want. They want to address a problem, right? They're not giving you a project. If they want to address a problem, it's your responsibility to get creative and be like, okay, how, how can I do that, right? So um, that's, that's, so to me, that's a good qualifier. So the less, you know, uh, the more you qualify to do either Scrum or Dagger or any of those things. Right. And then as you move farther out, and then let's assume that you have a lot of visibility into, you know, your fixed scope, this is your fixed requirement, then, then that doesn't make that much sense for you to be doing agile. Right. Because you've got someone that's telling you, this is what I want and I'm signing for it. This is what I want. So there it is, right? It's like a recipe, right? You're not going to change it. I'm not asking for anything else. I'm just telling you up front, this is what I want. And you've got your players in place, you've teamed all set up. Then that's like, hey, I, I guess you could, if you wanted to, you can execute in Agile, right? But it's not going to add that much value versus if you would have been, do it in a, execute it in a traditional waterfall model, right? Because again, you already have everything up front. Now, if... <laughs> If that happens in real life or not, well, <laughs> maybe not, right? Um, so, uh, to, to me, those are like qualifiers. One other thing that um, I guess it's a tricky one, but if you have a setup or you are working in an environment in which there are tons of org changes, people coming and going, and your turns pretty, you know, like, um, 
uh, everyone's just jumping up the boat and then you switch people from one team to another. That is, well, that th that is obviously going to complete a lot with Agile, right? And whatever from we refer to, uh, you refer to work with because there's no stability at all, right? And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about job security, right? I'm just talking about that driving change that you're trying to work for. It's just not never going to happen, right? It's just never going to happen because the, the players are just coming and going, right? So yeah. um, you never get to a point where the team is somewhat mature and on the same page that you're able to start doing some, some progress. So um, I would say those ones are indicators of people that should not be doing it. And the last and third one is that if somebody is just being like, let's just do it because I'm the director and let's just freaking do it. That's probably the third one. Like you, you, that, that doesn't mean they should not do it. That means you should be very careful on doing and doing it because it's a top down and it's more of a you know what I'm going to right if if it's like that it's it's just, it's just, yeah it's just not gonna go well it's it's not gonna go well and I've I've, I've been there and it's nasty right so yeah. interesting yeah I mean I I kept thinking about you know different company sizes you know small medium you know large companies and 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 in my mind. I think it applies to all of them because it's small. Yeah, you have a nimble team and you need to be aware of the uncertainty that's happening because you, you probably don't have that, you know, that closed project, that closed loop project where you have, yeah, this is 100% and it won't change. Again, you know, it goes the other way. It probably will change a lot because you, you can't think of stuff at the beginning that even when you release your first version to production, you know, a lot of stuff are just going to hit you or going to blindside you. And then you're going to be like, okay, I have to rethink, you know, customers are going to start yelling at you. You're going to have to do you know, new ticketing support and everything just starts falling apart. But I mean, that's the fun of it, you know, not to, not to, you know, take some of the fun out of it by saying that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it happens. And, and I think, you know, small business owners are, are, are one of the folks that should, you know, get a little bit more knowledgeable in my, in my opinion, and if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not correct, please, please correct me, uh, should get more knowledgeable about, you know, what agile is, how they can apply it in their business and start lean, yeah. you know, start easy, not get all complex with, yeah, we're going to have meetings yeah. every day. We're going to do all of this complexity, but start lean, start small. And I guess medium is where bigger teams are starting to, to come into, into play where there's, I guess, you mm -hmm. know, you know, five people to 10 people teams and folks are using this to be more nimble. And, you know, yeah. large companies, I think you just need to have it to read because like you're saying, you're too far away from the decision maker that you have to be constantly moving. So right. I think it's, you know, I, I kept thinking about this and, and all these different folks have different objectives and all of them can benefit from implementing something like this. And one of the things that you were also saying is you, you, you've mentioned in our conversation Kanban and you mentioned in our conversation Scrum. So What's the, do you, can you define them real quick? And then would you say that some apply to one type of company or type of tech team versus another? You know, what would be the difference there and who, who applies to what? What's, what, what I've, uh, what I've seen, well, I guess it's a lot more common to work on, on, on Scrum, which is more of a time box, right? So we're going to have cycles, defined cycles, whatever, two, three weeks, a month, right? In some cases. And, we're going to be shipping incrementally, right? So if you have if you have the luxury to say um, I I can take this commitment, right? And we as a team we're able to say, all right, so we're going to commit to do this for this particular time box, which is a sprint. Uh, then that's so that's good, right? So 
that already tells you that's that's a scrum at a super high level, right? Um, whereas Kanban, it's more of a uh, I would say, and maybe uh, a lot of people are going to just be like, "No, you're super wrong about it." But to me, it's more of a repetitive operations, right? So if you have an operations team, right? If you're uh, the effort of completing one task, it's pretty similar from one another, right? So you're always getting tickets and you're going to be measured on cycle time or lead time, like how how fast can you move, um, how fast do you respond to tickets, how fast are you closing them, and how much time are those, uh, uh, you know, uh, how, how much time are those sitting in a particular status progress or waiting for validation or whatnot, right? Um, so if if your setup, which traditionally it's more of an operations kind of kind of team, uh, it's it's like that. Then to me, that's more of a uh, Kanban qualifier, right? As an operations team, it doesn't make that much sense for you to be like, let's do Scrum, let's plan for two weeks, because you know that in two days after your Scrum planning. Everything is going to go down to toilet, right? Because now you have more urgent things to work on, and the concept around time boxing uh, something it's just it's just not possible. It doesn't add any uh, any value. Now a lot the, the, there's this um, little scrum. If you take a look at it, once you start working, or once you click start and sprint, then that it's like a like like a Kanban view, right? You've got your different workflows, you have your different stages, and everyone is in charge of moving uh, uh, particular tasks from one column to the other uh, until you're done, right? But it's time box. You have a fixed, mini fixed scope, right? And and if you've got the luxury to do that, and nobody should interrupt the team, uh, then that's good, right? But if you know that you have to be super reactive to things, you should not be doing Scrum. And instead, it's more of a Kanban, right? Because in Kanban, it's like, you are working with things that are average the same size or effort, right? So you are able to get your metrics around number of tickets closed, for example, right? Whereas in Scrum, if you say, oh, the yeah, number of user stores closed, well, that's a little unfair unless every single store is the same effort, right? Which it takes a lot of maturity for a team to get to the place where they can say every single story that we create adds value and it's about the same size or effort. That's yeah. It's an ideal state, right? But, uh, but yeah. What about what about what about uh, you know production errors or production emergencies? Uh, these you know going against the scope of small, medium, you know, small, medium, large. Large really don't get a lot of fires, but medium and small, you know, fires are burning every week. So would those qualify more for Kanban versus Scrum? Would you say? I would. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a hybrid approach. Obviously, with a small and medium, there is a limitation of how many resources, how many people you can have within the team, right? If you're talking about a large company, they just can just throw money, quote unquote, right? Like resources just have more people helping. That's not feasible for uh, smaller companies, right? So uh, there's nothing wrong with having. Uh, I, I worked once with a team that they had their team that was dedicated to net new development, right? Like actual projects that are not, you know, if, if a fire happens, um, has nothing to do with that project. Uh, but the, as you were saying, right, so there has to be that uh, OE, like operation excellence uh, person that's working on fires and things like that. And they always do that, we do that on a rotation basis. You've got your team here that's working on 
uh, Scrum, for example. And then you've got this other person that's outside of this bubble, right? Tackling that. And everyone would take rotation to, uh, to work on that. Uh, that's obviously an example that you don't have as many people to have two teams, one that would be working in operations and another one that would be working here. The thing that I would not recommend is that if you are doing Scrum, right, if you have your sprints planned and stuff like that, try as much as possible not to include all the fires within that same uh, sprint if, if you don't have to, right? Like try to have them at least in a different board, in a different place so that it's not too, uh, you know, destructive. But But obviously to understand, right, that if somebody has to go and tackle a fire that was not um, previously allocated or accounted for that, you would have to do it, right? It goes to, yes, the framework is supposed to be flexible, efficient, right? So if somebody has to put up a fire in production, they will have to do it. And yes or yes, you would have to sacrifice uh, new development, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's... It's one of the big questions that yeah. happen, and like, okay, so which one should I do first? And and you know, moving forward, what are some of the popular metrics? And you've mentioned a few by businesses that me- yeah. that businesses use to measure tech teams. Uh, you know, if I'm a business owner and I come to you and say, hey, you know, these are some metrics. What are those metrics that I'm, that have you seen businesses love? So velocity is pretty common, right? Uh, I would. It's pretty common and pretty dangerous depending on who you show it to, right? Because then people tend to like, oh yeah, we have to just increase the number there. Uh, with metrics, at least on the agile space, right, that's where, where, where I'm in, metrics has to be uh, taking it, have to be a conversation starter, right? I know numbers are binary. It's a yes, you're performing. No, you're not performing. But metrics have to be shown uh, in combination with others, right? Velocity can be shown in combination with uh, committed to complete a ratio, right? And, and show that picture, right? That uh, it's not necessarily a good thing that the team is delivering 100 points uh, when the previous sprint, they were delivering, I'm not sure, the 50 or 60. Um, somebody who does not understand that, they would go and read it and be like, awesome, all right, 100 and something plus percent increase in productivity. Well, not really, right? We're probably, we were carrying over a bunch of work. There are issues happening. So, um, so velocity committed to complete ratio, release trend when you have that flexibility to map out all your requirements, try to allocate some effort to them in hours or short points and whatever, and show you that trend sprint by sprint to hit a particular goal. Um, that is something that gives you a lot of to me that's super helpful because that gives you a lot of uh, leverage when someone says hey what if we do this extra thing it's not a big deal it's just a minor change uh then you can easily tell them hey look if i place a change in here adding the scope our target date gets pushed out for about two weeks and that's not me i'm not making stuff up that's numbers right so when you have that flexibility when, when you when you have that and when you work to get those metrics and those numbers are um come you know they can give you that level of confidence because nobody's tricking those numbers um that is the best pushback that you can have because you can say as much as you want to leadership right but uh they're always going to be like just do it do it do it do it i don't care do it figure out a way to do it but if you've got numbers to back that up it's pretty difficult to to to, to challenge that right 
So that becomes a more of a okay. If you want me to get this, I have to get something out. Yeah. Right? You 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 pick it, right? You I I can guide you, but you have to. Well, there's no way unless you give me more people, right? And even if you're giving more people, it's not a guarantee, right? So um, I I guess those three are uh, kind of relatively easy to get, um, and, and they're really really uh, helpful, at least in my experience in my current setup. Yeah. And you you were mentioning, you know, if if you want me to get here without moving that, I would need more people. So how are you how do you make those decisions? How do you approach growth from a team? Let's say how do you know when you, you need to hire more developers, how do you need to know when you hire we need to hire more folks? What's the process there? It's about just understanding that those metrics and moving according to that, or how do you approach that? Uh I did it did depends on well it obviously depends on company to company right uh, i think if you if you're able to show if you're able to have your team at least somewhat stable right and you get your priorities and you know you are able to get to that predictability point that you can say hey my team is uh able to do x y and z right within a certain time frame and we're super confident about that um if you're able to get that and still uh you find yourself in a position where your customers are not entirely happy because it's just taking way too much time but like that uh you know that lead time for when when somebody gets to your plate until you get it to the customer is just a lot and then you have your customers waiting because something's in the backlog for 50 days 100 days and you just don't get to it uh that's that's an indicator right for you like hey we need more people right uh, we need more people because we are truly delivering value but we could deliver a lot more, right? This is obviously with the big assumption that the, the the requirements or the features that you're getting are truly valid, right? Because if, let's just face it, anybody can come to your team and ask for random crap. And they can do that, right? So they can do that. And you're gonna be like, yeah, let's just put a pin on that. We'll get to that in probably three months, four months, knowing that you will never do it, right? So that should not be an indicator for, hey, we need more people. What, we need more people to tackle crap work of course not right um but um uh, uh but, but but again as part of that feedback if you need more people well probably just just go and highlight right where are we uh, lagging is it on the ui front is it on the back end front uh what kind of quality right maybe we need some uh, testing um and then uh usually for uh for for us it's more around what's coming down that roadmap right and and hey, that looks massive with the people that we have, we're not going to be able to hit that. So if you want me to uh, hit that uh, particular goal, then we're going to need, I don't know, two or three more uh, resources. And that's how you start that conversation right around. If this is truly important for you as business, then we need more people to more people to do it. Right. So Yeah, I like that. And, I like the approach. Uh, I'm sorry? No, no, no. That, that's like perfect world scenario, right? There is always this um, uh, conversations around. Uh, yeah, but you've got a lot of people uh, doing a bunch of tech dev, and you're tackling a bunch of defects. So yeah, everyone's busy because you're not, you know, your quality sucks. Okay, good. If you acknowledge that, then yeah, we have a problem. We need more testers, right? So, so there's it's always a tough conversation. It's never like, you know, oh yeah, I need more people. Yeah. Go get it. Everyone gets more people. Um, that, that that never goes well. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, I like the way you frame it. It's where's the pain point? What are we lacking, yep. or, or or are we just underperforming? 
what if the response to that question is, you know, you're underperforming, okay, then we need to improve as people. If not, okay, let's just, uh, you know, bring more people in because we're lacking in this area on that area or here. So, so yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and it's just, it's, it's a very, very, very big world of, of project management. I, I think we could probably stay here for hours, you know, discussing, uh, you know, the ins yeah. and outs of project management. I know you have to jump out of the call uh, in a second there, but I do want to thank you for everything. I want to thank you for all your knowledge, for sharing it with us, for, you know, sharing all these stories. I know that, that they are very helpful to frame what the role for agile project manager manager is, what the reality of that is in the work scenario and not in a theory world, as well as how you make some certain decisions. So I really do want to thank you for your time and and hope we can have you back sometime because I, I, I know we have some questions left that I would have loved to talk about. And again, we could have probably stayed here for like three hours. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Thanks for the invite. Like, I was happy to be here. And for sure, I mean, there's, it, it, it's a topic that can get you going and going and going and going. And as you were saying, right, like everybody has their own version, everyone's right and everyone's wrong at the same time. Uh, it's super helpful to listen to others and what their experiences are. And uh, by all means, everything I said, it's what's worked for me, right? Uh, I'm not going to say that I've been successful or have not been successful. I have my own ways of seeing what I'm doing. Of course, I'm going to tell you that I've been, but um, uh, uh, I'm really happy and thankful for you to just give me this opportunity to share that. If somebody takes it and be like, hey, I can apply it for it, go for it by all means. Right? So uh, yeah, happy to come back any anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Hitler, and we'll see each other in the next time around. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. That was Hector Reyes' interview. Now go ahead and get a free copy of our new ebook with more insights and steps to build an engineering team using Hector's Scrum Master's tips and tricks. You can find the link to download it in this episode's description. For now, this has been The Hiring Brief.